Hi guys, this is Laura, and welcome back to Let's Chat Healthcare. Hi Alexis, thank you so much for being willing to come on Let's Chat Healthcare and talk about your experience in healthcare. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Can you give us a little bit of a background about who you are, maybe where you're from, and yeah, what you're doing right now? Yeah, so... Um like I said, my name is Alexis. I'm from Dayton, Ohio. If you know where Cincinnati is, it's about 45 minutes north of Cincinnati. Mm. Um, I, my undergraduate degree is in athletic training. So I'm an athletic trainer um, and I got that degree in Indiana. And then I'm actually in graduate school right now for physical therapy. So I'm pursuing a mm. doctor of physical therapy degree. I'm about to finish my first year um, this month. Congratulations. So, Those programs yeah. are really hard to get into. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. So that's like where I'm at schooling wise. Um, but kind of health conditions wise, I actually have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, also known as EDS. And then I have a few other things too, but the the big three are probably the Ehlers-Danlos. Um, I have chronic and hemiplegic migraines and then uh, fibromyalgia. Hmm. Can I, I've been trying to do better on this podcast about defining um, terms, especially terms that people might not know. Uh-huh. Can yeah. you define Ehlers-Danlos for us and yes. also fibromyalgia? Yeah. So Ehlers-Danlos is, there's 13 types of it. It's a rare connective tissue disorder. Um, so there's, there's 13 types. I have hypermobile type, uh, which is probably the most common type of Ehlers-Danlos, but Basically, what that means is that my connective tissue isn't doing what it's supposed to be doing. Um, mm. So it's – when I say connective tissue, that's connective tissue throughout the whole body. It's your skin. It's your joints. It's collagen. It's stuff like that. It's The collagen is what makes it up. Mm-hmm. So um, with the hypermobile type, like in the name, I'm very hypermobile. Um and it also comes with um, different comorbidities as well. And comorbidities are like different conditions that kind of come alongside of it. So mm-hmm. typically people with EDS have a lot of other things as well. It's a genetic disorder. It usually runs in families. However, I'm the first person in my family to have it. Uh, my mom's mm-hmm. hypermobile and my grandpa is too, but um, I'm the first person to actually like be diagnosed and have EDS. Um, but it does typically run in family. So if I decided to have children, um, then it would be passed on. Mm-hmm. So that's EDS. And then fibromyalgia is a – it's like a widespread basically pain disorder. So we don't really mm-hmm. know where it comes from. There's not um, a lot of knowledge behind it. Um, the Really the only clinical testing they can do is the, you, you have different points on your body that the rheumatologist will check. And if that elicits a pain response or um, it's uncomfortable or it just doesn't feel good, then you have to have so many points on that scale and then you probably have it. So mm-hmm. um, it usually flares with weather. Um, it's highly tied to emotions um, and like mental health, stuff like that. Oh, and then for Ehlers-Danlos, I forgot to mention, the 12 types have like a a genetic test. So you can get a blood test done or like a genetic testing to see if you have one of those 12 types. And the 13 type, which is hypermobile, um, right now there's no genetic testing for it. It's just a clinical test called the Biton scale or the Biton index. Mm. I think that I was thinking while you were describing it, like um, diagnoses that like this that are more like 
not as well known about. I wonder if there's people out there that might have it or might have the symptoms and like they're like, oh, this is just something weird that I have and don't understand that like yeah. they could try to pursue something further about it. I don't know. Do you ever feel like that about it? Um, well, like if there's more people out there that have yeah, these things. Yeah, that might have um, it that, yeah, I th- or I just think like so. the lack of awareness. Yeah. Yeah. So I um, kind of my journey with healthcare is that I've often – I've had many providers too that are like, oh, yeah, I have no idea what that is or like think I'm making mm-hmm. it up or that it's – I'm like lying or something. I'm like, no. Like, like people working in healthcare? Oh, yes. I've had wow. previous doctors. Yeah. So I had um, a rheumatologist that I saw because um, I was I started having a lot more symptoms in college. And she's the one mm. that diagnosed fibromyalgia for me. But when I told her, I was like, yeah, like I've had previous doctors mention I might have Ehlers-Danlos. And she's like, oh, like, I don't know what that is. That's not a real thing. Like you're making it up. I'm like, okay. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> That's so validating. Wow. Yeah, Can you talk yeah. about your – I'd be curious to hear about your – how you got diagnosed and like what your symptoms you were feeling. Yeah. So I um, I played soccer in high school um, and I swam um, some too, but my main sport was soccer. I was a goalkeeper. Um, so with being a goalkeeper or a goalie, you're hitting the ground a lot especially when you're Mm -hmm. diving for a ball or something, you're hitting the ground. And I had a lot of issues with my hips. I had a lot of hip pain and back pain. Um, So I went to like a couple different like physical therapists and uh, one of them, he was working on me and he's like, you know what? Like you're very like, you're very hypermobile and like my skin's really stretchy too. Um, Mm. And he was like, yeah, like I like, you might have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. Like you have a lot of the symptoms for it, you know, the, the pain, the hypermobility um, just, those are probably the big ones um, that he noticed for me. So he said, you know, you might have it. Um, And he did a couple tests. He's like, yeah, like you might have it. Um, But I was like kind of left it there. And then I mm-hmm. I, I saw a, like a, a sports medicine physician for like a – I had a high ankle sprain and um, I, I saw her and she was like watching me and she's like, you might have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. So uh-huh. <laughs> um, just the way I moved and um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question but yeah, it, does. it was yeah, kind it does. of – yeah, it was the doctors and the a physical therapist that kind of brought it up. And then I didn't get an official diagnosis until I was in college. So I was about 20 years old, I think, when I saw a, a – not a geneticist. I think um, maybe a hematologist actually mm-hmm. um, that specialized in it. And he did the bite in- index for me. And um, he's like, yeah, you have Ehlers-Danlos. So that's where I got my official diagnosis. Mm. That must be so – for to have to go to some doctors and they'll be like, hey, you do have this or you might have this and then go to others and be like, wait, that's not a thing. Like what are you even talking about? That must be really frustrating. I would be interested to hear if you have ever – if you could talk more specifically maybe about one specific experience that sticks out to you where that happened. I think – I remember you mentioned like something happened in the emergency room. Maybe we could talk about that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I I have been to the ER a few times. Um, mm-hmm. I've had – I think I've had four concussions. So 
Oh, wow. I've gone, yeah, <laughs> soccer um, and some other sports. And my dog gave me my fourth one. So it was so nice oh of her. <laughs> yeah, she's she's kind of crazy. Um, but so I've gone to the ER m- m- uh, numerous times for concussions and then also like um, different injuries as well that I felt like um, could have been more serious. So mm-hmm. um, when I've gone to the ER before – Um, I was concerned I might have torn my labrum in my hip and I had all the the symptoms for it. It was very, it was very painful. Um, and so I went and the, the doctor came in and, um, she like listened to me, but then, you know, basically told me that, um, for lack of a better term that I was crazy and that, um, because I have Ehlers-Danlos, that means that, whatever I was feeling wasn't real or it wasn't as concerning as it would have been if I was normal, quote unquote. So um, um, thankfully I ended up not having a a labral tear, Um, but I had to like, she didn't want to do imaging or anything. And I was like, I would really like to get some imaging done because I'm concerned about this. And um, like I said, all the symptoms and stuff and so we did the imaging and it ended up being fine. But that that experience, though, of her just very, like, invalidating me um, among other previous experiences that I had with other doctors as well is um, I've kind of learned that when I um, go see doctors or go to the ER especially, I, I usually don't give all my diagnoses because mm. of that f- fear that I'm not going to be taken seriously for something that I feel is serious. I think that it's also difficult because like, I think that in different places, like maybe one ER can vary so differently than other ERs. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, how do we streamline the medical community where everyone's on the same page? How do we get everyone on the same page about it? And I mean, we learned that it the truth about what the patient is experiencing is what comes from the patient. Yeah. And I think that's sometimes hard to acknowledge as a healthcare provider. And I want to say sorry that that happened to you. <laughs> it must have been really difficult. But um, yeah, it's I I think it's really interesting that you're going to get your DPT, your doctorate in physical therapy. Um, how do you think your experiences are going to shape in a different way how you become a physical therapist? Yeah. So um, in between my undergraduate degree and going to grad school, I took a gap year and I actually was able to work at a PT clinic back home that Mm. has a physical therapist that she basically specializes in Ehlers-Danlos. Oh, really? Um, Wow. Yeah. So there's no like – like. Uh, official specialty or residency or like a, a exam you can take to f- officially say, oh yeah, I specialize in this. But a lot of her clientele um, have Ehlers-Danlos or something similar mm-hmm. to it. So she's really um, learned how to treat like my population. Um, and I mean, obviously it's working. So she... Um, mm-hmm. I was able to observe her and I ended up working there. Um, so I was able to observe and um, 
get one-on-one time with her patients as well and learn a lot from them. And then she also uh, treated me um, for my different issues. So I um, that was a really valuable experience for me. And as I gone to PT school, I I think that my experience with my own health and then also like being able to observe what she was able to do um, kind of sets me apart in the sense that I I think I'm able to empathize more um, mm. and also, um, yeah, be able to think of my own experiences and validate my patients, especially the ones that have the frustrating experiences that I feel like my doctors aren't listening to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to be a provider that listens and mm-hmm. um, thinks, okay, what are, what are the next steps we can take? How can I help you? Um, with your health journey and stuff like that. I'm so glad you're taking these experiences that you had and turning them for the better and putting something (laughs) great into the healthcare system. (laughs) So thank you for doing that. Um, What, what advice would you have for someone who may be newly diagnosed with it? What, what would be your like maybe one or two pieces of advice? Um, or something that you wish you would have known at the beginning? Um, it's a hard question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think something I wish I would have known at the beginning is that there's support groups out there. So I, um, mm. a couple Facebook groups. Um, one of them is for Dayton, like it's called Dayton Zebras. It's for Ehlers, uh, Ehlers Danlos. Um, specifically in Dayton. And then I joined one when I moved to, I moved to Arizona for grad school. So I joined one for Arizona and it's nice because you can ask in there, Hey, like I need a new primary care physician. Can you, can I get some like recommendations for those who are familiar with EDS? And then people are like, Oh yeah, this person and this person, or don't go to this person and stuff like that are different specialists. You might need to see your physical therapist, occupational therapy, whatever you need. It's really nice because you're able to have the word of mouth, which I think is really valuable. Um, because sometimes you can look up a doctor and you're like, okay, this looks good. Like on paper, you know, I think I'd be able to see them and do okay. And then you get there and you're like, well, like, this isn't what I expected it to be. Yeah. So having the word of mouth is really, really nice and really valuable. And I wish I would have had like known that when I had, was first diagnosed um, and first started getting my symptoms and everything. So especially for those people like me who are the first person in their family to have it, it's a lot of like unknown of like, I like my family's never dealt with it. Mm -hmm. I don't know anyone that's like me. So what do I do? Yeah. Um, and you kind of just have to keep going to different doctors till one works. Yes. Yeah, correct. So yeah. Um, I think it's really valuable to join those groups and um, being able to get advice from people who have more experience than you do or have mm-hmm. had the diagnosis longer. Um, something else I would do advice for is that um, there's a lot of value in strengthening. Um, so with Ehlers-Danlos, my – like I said, my connective tissue doesn't really do what it's supposed to do. So I'm hypermobile, um, which means you can get hurt a lot more easily. Um, Mm. And a lot of people with Ehlers-Danlos tend to have joint subluxation. So that's where your joint will kind of come out of the the socket or the um, where it's supposed to be and then go back in. Or they can have a dislocation where it comes out and it doesn't go back in 
Thankfully, mm-hmm. I've only had a couple subluxations, um, but I've never dislocated. So um, my symptoms, I feel like I'm able to manage them pretty well um, and able to avoid those things. But I think there's a lot of value in strengthening and not necessarily like going out and getting a gym membership, but trying to be as active as you can and um, doing what you can for conservative management before it gets too bad. Yeah, that's that's great advice. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I was thinking about your first point about um, just sharing and getting recommendations for specific doctors. I'm so surprised that there isn't something in the healthcare system, like kind of like Yelp, where you can yeah. like leave reviews and <laughs> like, yeah, like, cause you know, there's like you like on your insurance page, like sometimes there's like maybe one or two reviews for a specific yeah. doctor, but like that, I feel like that needs to be out there to like, so you can look at it and be like, okay, does this, even just to check, does this person like Unfortunately, you have to check if this person like believes that Ehlers-Danlos is like a thing, like even just to um, um, have that out there. I'm so so surprised that that doesn't exist already because I feel like with a lot of healthcare needs, you kind of have to just go to different doctors until something sticks, even if it's just like an eye doctor or a primary care doctor or even a specialist, like that's really frustrating. (laughs) Yeah. And it's honestly, it's a waste of money too. Yeah. And and time. sometimes you're (laughs) wasting money and time. And sometimes your insurance doesn't even cover, you know, a doctor you need to see or like a specialist, or even if they do cover it, it's very expensive still depending on tests they run or whatever they are doing. So, um, yeah, I, the word of mouth thing is really beneficial and it, it is unfortunate that there's not like a, something out there that you can, rate your providers or I don't know if you had this thing yeah. called it's like rate my professor or something where people yeah, leave no, reviews I know. for the I professors. Yeah, I for college yeah. to pick my yeah. classes. I was thinking yeah. that would be, they'd have the little chili pepper for the hot Yeah, the chili peppers. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I you think, could have something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be really helpful actually. And maybe we should try to look into that something. <laughs> Good business idea. But yeah. um, what... I, since I'm a nurse, I would love to hear advice that maybe you would have for nurses, for someone that might come in having maybe a difficult experience in healthcare. Um, I'm actually an emergency room nurse specifically. So what would like any advice for like an emergency room nurse that maybe just seeing a patient that has had a negative experience in the healthcare system, what advice or what is something that you might think might help them be able to open that door of trust again? Big question. (laughs) Yeah. I think the two main things are um, like listening skills um, Mm. and the bedside manner, honestly, is a really big thing. And Mm -hmm. I, one of my That's college gonna roommates. That's going to be part of the Yelp page. That's going to be yeah, one of my things. The bedside manner. <laughs> yeah. One of my college roommates, she was a, a nursing major and she's a nurse now. And so I like, I mean, I completely, I, I can't say that. I don't completely understand um, the mm-hmm. stress of nursing, but from what I've seen and for how I've like talked to her and we've like caught up like after college and stuff. And I mean, it's, I know it's extremely stressful, especially Mm -hmm. in the ER, like you're running around, you have long shifts. Like I, I can't imagine doing that. And Mm -hmm. I like, I feel for that. Like 
However, um, it's hard for when you have the patients come in that you don't fully understand or it's something mm-hmm. that you don't see that often and um, you kind of get the – sometimes you get the short end of the stick. So I think imp- like with the listening skills, I think those are really important. Even like I don't need you to tell me like to – to um what's the word I'm looking for? I don't need you to valid, like not validate me. I don't need you to, um, like hype me up or like put a lot of positivity out there. I just need you to listen and Mm -hmm. to not like put me down or like a, like a snide Mm -hmm. comment or something. I just need you to listen and then do whatever you need to do. (laughs) Um, I think that's a big thing. And then also education. So like if you have someone coming in, you have a patient you're like, wow, like I don't really know anything about this. Like, what's the harm in doing a quick like Google search of like, oh, what is Ehlers-Danlos or, oh, what is blah, 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 you know, whatever else, Mm -hmm. other rare diseases that are out there that you don't know a lot about. I I think there's, it's beneficial to look those up. And actually my, um, the roommate that I was talking about, she, she's in nursing and she was, I think she, I think she was in – she might have been at the ER at one point, but she texted me a couple months ago and was like, hey, like had a patient come in with like EDS today and you know, I thought of you and like I knew what it was because you were my roommate and you like you had like gone through the process and stuff. So it was it was kind of fun to, to hear that. Yeah, I think that um, education, like you're saying, is a really big thing, either just searching it on the computer or another thing that I've learned a great way to get education. And it might be because I'm in pediatrics and mm-hmm. I learn a lot from the parents, but you can, I think as healthcare workers, we need to understand that maybe it's a little bit more balanced relationship. And there's so much to learn, like from the patient. I mean, you have so much that you even have helped me understand about EDS. And like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I will be better able to care for someone because of this. And like, I think that as a healthcare provider, like learning that you can learn from like all your books and the computer, but learning from the patient is such like a intimate and real experience. And like, like even... I'm sure on the computer, it's like very factual things, but learning more about the impact that EDS can have on patients and like Mm -hmm. just the experience of living with it, like Mm -hmm. you can't really learn that. So I think that's really huge to be able to learn from the patients as well. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. That was great. (laughs) Yeah. And even when I was um, with the PT I was talking about who has a lot of EDS patients, I learned so much from them because I like, Mm. I didn't really know, like I didn't, I think I've, I'd met maybe one other person with EDS before I started um, observing and then working at this clinic. Mm -hmm. Um, But I learned a ton of stuff for like, for example, um, it's very common for people with EDS to have POTS um, mm. which it, and then also MCAS, which is like a mast cell activation. I think it's a mast cell activation syndrome maybe, but um, I, I don't think even think I know what that is. <laughs> yeah. So there's, those three things are very common together and thankfully I don't okay. have either of those, but I, I had no idea. So yeah. it was, it was very interesting to, um, like learn more about that. And like you said, like learning a lot from the patients, I took so many notes of like, oh, like this is and this and different symptoms and, um, experiences and stuff like that. 
Well, I am so happy that you are going into our healthcare system and making it better. <laughs> and I'm really excited. And I think that you, your patients in the future are going to be lucky to have you. But because of your experiences um, and where you've come. So thank you so much for everything that you are doing and that you do. And thank you for sharing your story. Yeah, really of course. It. 